So welcome to uh, Living Peace webcast uh, with my guest tonight, Anand Marotra, Indian yogi, thought leader, my teacher, and my dear friend. Welcome, Anand. Uh, thank you, Henry. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Thank you. So, you know, Anand, we in uh, Living Peace Institute, we talk a lot about peace. I'm suspecting you have something to say about what peace is. So could you speak to peace? Uh, I think we cannot understand peace without understanding conflict, you see. Uh, because uh, I see that uh, the fact is conflict exists, you know. And uh, every individual experiences conflict within themselves before they experience peace, you know. And so the way to peace is through recognizing conflict and then transcending it. So that's why in the yogic tradition, you know, in the yogic teachings, um, there is the word called ahimsa, which means nonviolence or peace. But, but it says ahimsa, there is another word for peace in Sanskrit called shanti. But that is not used in the, you know, in the yogic path that the first thing one has to encounter or one has to focus on is not, the word used is not shanti or the word used specifically is ahinsa. And why ahinsa is used is because to realize that there is violence, you know, we have to recognize that there is violence within us as an as a expression of a particular species which has a tendency towards violence because we are a member of that species, we have that tendency towards violence uh, externally and internally. We have a tendency towards conflict within and without. So I think that con uh, conscious recognition of it and transcendence of it, when we start to uh, work towards it, that's already peace. I think just the realization that there is conflict and there is a way out of it through uh, nonviolence. You know, that itself is the beginning of peace. I don't think peace as a static location it's a dynamic state which requires an intelligent uh, way of living, an intelligent way of seeing within and without, an uh, intelligent way of cooperating with other human beings. And uh, above all, all, reaching harmony within oneself. But only, as long as there is conflict within the individual, there will be conflict in the society. For society is just an expression of a group of individuals. See? Hmm. And how do we uh, connect within? Uh, how do we connect with our, with our own nonviolence? First recognize our own violence and then connect with our nonviolence. You see, I think uh, within each and every one, we have, uh, as we have recognized, uh, as we see that there is conflict, we also realize that within ourselves is a space where none of that exists. So uh, conscious practice is very helpful, just being with the, as you recognize this conflict that arises, there is a discomfort, naturally accompanying discomfort and accompanies, accompanying feeling of wanting to run away from that will arise. So we require uh, patience, we require uh, mindfulness, to practice of mindfulness to recognize it and then to slowly let our attention expand beyond it, you know, and become the space within which all of that is arising without identifying in it, you see as we learn to create this distinction between what is arising in the field of our consciousness and the field of consciousness, when we can learn to remain as the field instead of the objects that are arising in the field of consciousness, we begin to find greater freedom. 
But what we, you know, because the content of our consciousness is consciousness for most people, you see, and that is the great trap because what arises in the field of consciousness, when that becomes our consciousness, then we are trapped by every thought, feeling, emotion that arises in us. So it's an, I think it's, a, for a, it's essential for us to have a distinction between the objects within the consciousness and consciousness as who we are. And so mindfulness practice, breath awareness, meditation, these are different tools, you know, uh, which can be very helpful for us to get in that space. So we can be with the feeling of discomfort. We can be with the feeling of uh, uh, challenge that arises without feeling the compulsion to react on it or act on it, you know. So when we can begin to have this spaciousness within ourselves, then individually we can act in more intelligent, appropriate manner instead of just reacting to everything that arises within the, con you know, within the field of our consciousness. So instead of having a reactionary behavior, we can begin to have a responsive behavior. And so a truly peaceful behavior is a behavior which is a response from a deeper state of intelligence instead of a reaction to... To the content that arises in the field of consciousness. Mm. So I think uh, mindfulness practices, awareness practices are fundamental. The, you know, nonviolent communication within ourselves. I mean, and then of course, as a society, we need to acquire some of the tools to have that uh, experience of peace. Mm. And could you elaborate a little bit more, Nanji, on the distinction between the reaction and response? You see, in reaction, there is no space. In reaction, there is no space. Uh, the person who is in a reactive state is already made up their mind, you see. They have already made up their mind of, about a particular positionality. So the reactive person has shut down, actually, to new signs or new information that might be arising, a new intelligence that might be arising. They have already made up their mind without proper analysis they have you know so they have reached a conclusion within themselves and within in that conclusion is a tendency to shut down to new knowledge to new information or to truth so the reactive person is uh, cut off from natural intelligence from their own innate intelligence and from something which might be very obvious you see and the the, the reactive action is fundamentally first destructive to the person who is acting in from reactive place, not just to the people or the society or in the environment around, but fundamentally it is destructive to the psyche of the individual who is acting from that place. So the moment we go into the reactionary state, our own physiology shuts down, we can measure, you know, the biochemical environment in our own body will, the stress function will arise. You know, the, it will be more acidic environment in the body. Our uh, brain function will go from pre, you know, we will measure, if we measure or to measure the electromagnetic function in our brain, activity in the brain, we will find that it is more in the reptilian brain, flight or fight syndrome. So it's more about survival, not about evolution. While response, on the other hand, is more about evolution. It's not just about survival. You know, so it's uh, the individual who is acting from a place of response will have a greater spaciousness when we have a response it arises from a place of spaciousness within ourselves we are open to understanding we have not reached a conclusion and shut down we are in a more open state more receptive state we are genuinely interested in reaching uh, a greater understanding 
you see and that when we are in that state there is a natural uh, feeling of expansion which arises in us there is a natural greater degree of silence there and whenever there is a greater degree of silence there is a greater capacity for uh, communication you know meaningful communication there is a greater capacity for clear seeing without any projection there is a greater capacity for us to be to maintain a certain level of equanimity in spite of changing circumstances so it i think a responsive state is a greater gives us greater connection to creative intelligence our own creative intelligence so we can have creative thinking which are much more uh, in alignment with our intention because ultimately our intention is to live a greater life to live a better life to be happier and it can never arise from a state from a habit of reacting it just cannot be they are not uh, uh, complementary they cannot coexist a reactionary living and joy so only when we are in we can learn to respond can we have happiness and so response requires from us to institute uh, reactionary state a stress state the stress state physiologically stressed neurologically stressed psychologically is a stressed state response state is of uh, peaceful state yeah, it's a more silent state it is a much more equanimous state so without awareness response cannot happen and uh, without uh, uh, with awareness reaction cannot happen so when there is awareness present in us then we cannot react even in our reaction we will be able to watch the within and course correct you know so in its reaction only arises in the absence of awareness and for me awareness is the greatest form of intelligence you see that's what makes us human that's what gives us freedom to choose so in reaction there is really no freedom we are you know just acting from a conditioned place of prejudice and biased opinions and and ultimately working against ourselves So as you were speaking Ananji what arose for me is the phrase from Bhagavad Gita uh where uh Krishna turns to Arjuna and says get into yoga first and then and then act. So is that yes. is that is is that what the meaning is in terms of creating that sense of expansiveness getting into yoga. Because for me the practice of yoga has always been first and foremost about expansion. Yes, you see yoga establish yourself in yoga and then take action yeah sta yoga karu karmani that establish yourself in yoga and then from there arise action and yoga is the sanskrit word yoga we just take the word really means unity and the state of integration so instead of being split within ourselves which is conflict uh, we can reach a place of in, in, in you know integration within ourselves where there is a cohesiveness a wholeness a feeling of wholeness is there Uh, there is not a split within ourselves which is a stress state or a state of violence so yoga is moving towards that state within ourselves and we have to i think that is one of the most important aspects that we as human beings need to learn to be able to locate that center within ourselves and the, to be able to locate that center of peace within ourselves irrespective of what we are facing and when we can act from that place our action can have the value of peace can have a value of intelligence peace cannot arise without peace you see 
So if we have the environment that within us is dominating of conflict, if we think we keep acting from this place of conflict, this attachment to conflict, and we keep acting from this place, we will find peace. That is, uh, it's not, it can't work. You see, it can't work like that. So we have to develop the capacity to first arrive to peace uh, and then act from that place. You see, and only then we can bring out this internal peace to external reality because we are a fundamentally internal species. You see, our worldview is happening within us. Our experience is happening within us. It's not just external, it's internal. Our processes and our interpretation of what we are experiencing is within. That's why we, are, you know, in human beings are so unique and different from each other. Even though they might be produced in the similar environments, they will have different uh, ideas about it because we have a very rich inner environment. So we have to learn to arrive to that place of yoga, as you said, and you know, and and then from that place take action. Yoga being unity, integration, spaciousness, expansion, you know, uh, realization that there is freedom possible now. There is some, you know, realization that there is unity possible now. So the more we move towards unity, the greater peace there is. The more we move towards disintegration, separation, the greater violence. And of course, that invites a different, different paradigm because when we are disintegrating, when we are in violence, we're focused outside of us. We are focused on the other person and the person who we may perceive is hurting us or is doing something to us and yoga teaches us to turn inward to turn yes. inward and create that expansion inward first and then take action from that expansion from that space of peace absolutely you see otherwise we are stuck in the victim state victim mentality and the victim cannot ever arrive to peace you know, so wherever there is a victim, there is an abuser. So it becomes this uh, power dynamics of struggle. And in the state of conflict, when we experience conflict with other individuals, what happens is when you meet people who are in a state of conflict, you know, and you in your field of work, you know, have a huge experience in that. What you find is there are two people on, you know, on two sides who are actually genuinely nice at certain times and they you know they heard the same way they, they 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 have experienced pain in their life they are looking to be happy they're trying to find a way to be happy you know they're trying to find some meaning in life yet both of them feel they are right so what we have is two people on two sides both are right and they are fighting for that you know so it's uh, in that way the conflict can never end you know so that is why I think it is important for us to reach within ourselves and uh, transcend the victim identity, transcend the victim identity and act from that place of non-victimhood. You know, so we can take responsibility for the experience we are having and instead of immediately giving up our power, because this is, this is a very powerful state to realize that nobody has the right to the experience we are having. Uh, when we realize this state, there is an immense power and that power gives us the capacity to arrive to peace, to arrive to freedom, to take much more intelligent action, much more decisive action, much more creative action. Then we can reach creative solutions. Otherwise we can't reach creative solutions. For us to reach creative solution, we have to have access to our own power. 
and we cannot have access to our own power till we keep in under this delusional idea that there is someone else out there who has the right to my experience we have the right to our experience whatever we are experiencing at any given moment in time is totally based upon the level of our own consciousness we decide what we experience is not somebody else so when we can begin to really realize that and we are living we are a social species when we can learn to take that responsibility and we can go from within then we can have much more cooperative environments and as individuals and as groups we can come up with creative solutions it is inevitable that when a group of individuals or you know just even two individuals come together that there will not be conflict it is bound to be it is it's not something which is can be avoided there will be conflict is it but it is how we deal with this conflict that is important to think that there there will come a time where the conflict will cease to happen that will not ever happen because we are as i said we have a very distinct inner environment most of our life is have we are processing and interpreting life within ourselves and these interpretations differ from each other so when these meanings or world views come together they will at certain levels collide whether you are in a relationship or of, you know as a couple or you are in a business partnership or you are in friendship or in any uh, kind of connection with another human beings there is bound to be at a certain moment some conflict that will arise conflict is just a possibility for us to reach something new together a creative solution together you know if we have to stop seeing conflict as oh there is something wrong going on what what i see is that conflict is a possibility for us to reach a creative solution do you see so when we look within we can reach that place of stillness and we realize okay this is something very natural conflict you know there is nothing natural nothing wrong going on here what it is that it's a possibility life is asking us me and if we are with someone else us creating a possibility to reach a new understanding a new understanding which has shared shared understanding because conflict is occurring because there is not a shared understanding Mm-hmm. the understand you know the world views have uh, separated and there are two distinct world views where have which have no shared ground mm-hmm. so in that if we can go within and we can let go of the attachment to our own particular world view or particular point of view and move towards a common ground maybe we arrive to a shared vision a shared view which is beneficial to us and to everybody mm-hmm. i mean that's evolution so if we look at nature nature you know thrives on certain there is always certain level of friction even when our atomic structure there is friction there is a certain level of tension which gives birth to creativity so i think conflict is inevi- inevitable in this uh, human society but we have to learn as a species to deal with conflict in much more intelligent manner our uh, how we deal with conflict is extremely violent you see we 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 don't do well with conflict and we cannot avoid it you see we think that there is a conflict there is something wrong we are fighting conflict what we realize we cannot fight conflict conflict exists and we have to arrive within ourselves to a place where we are not identified to that pressure or the stress that conflict induces and then we can use the conflict or that possibility to come to a more clearer understanding or to more evolved understanding you see that uh, that's how i see it mm. so as i hear it ananji 
conflict creates an opportunity for, it creates an opening, uh, an opportunity for expansion. And should Absolutely. we accept that opportunity, then we have a possibility for growth, for connection, for dialogue that we could not even imagine because our story is getting challenged in conflict. And as our story is getting challenged, we can either close and, and, and become very, very narrow and very protective or open up. And then that opens a whole new possibility for seeing conflict in a different way. Absolutely, absolutely, Andre. I totally agree. And that's why I think <clears throat> your, your company's name, Con, you know, Conflict Transformed, is very apt at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not avoidance of conflict. It is transformation of conflict. I think it's an extremely intelligent approach. Because we, if we are trying to avoid conflict, we are creating conflict within ourselves, you know. And then we kind of, so it's not about avoiding conflict. It's about transforming mm-hmm. conflict, the way we deal with it, the way our relationship to it, our understanding of it, and uh, how we as individuals and as communities come to resolve it. Mm-hmm. So to switch gears just a little bit, Ananji, um, as you know, Julie and I are planning to bring a group of, of, of students, followers to India in November. And our intention is to have a program on radical peacemaking. And this is something that the wording that, that I, I took from many of, of your lessons. So is anything that's arising for you as you hear you know, this phrase, radical peacemaking? I think it's... Uh... It's one of the highest urgent needs of our times, you see. This is not something we can push to the future as individuals. And we need to realize there is a radical need, an urgent need for uh, peacemakers, for peace builders, you see. And I think the radical, yes, the, irrespective that this peace is a, it's an important aspect for our life, irrespective of the circumstance or the time. So peace is not dependent, okay, to create a certain perfect theatrical setting, a peace which is dependent on some utopic idea. We have to learn to access peace the way life is now, not in how, you see, the, that's what we, why we are in violence is because we do not have a capacity to, be, to access peace the way life is now. And we are trying to push and fight to get to an idea we think will give us peace, you see, and that creates violence. So I think in these times we need leaders, we need individuals. You know, when I say leaders, I mean leaders without titles because each and every individual is, is a leader, you know, and uh, the real change in the world is gonna come bottom up, it's not gonna come top down. So I think it's one of the greatest gifts we can offer, uh, to ourselves and to humanity. You know, this is one of the greatest gifts one can offer is your own peace, your own peace. And that, you know, you cannot just have a passive approach to peace. Peace cannot just come to us by numbing ourselves, you know. So a lot of time what is happening is we are just numbing ourselves. So the conflict is there, the stress is there in our physiology, the stress is there in our psychology, but we are using whatever escape, maybe it's television or alcohol or shop or whatever it may be or internet to numb ourselves. So the intellect confuses, it's just, you know, we call it fooling the intellect. So one is fooling the intellect to think that, oh, I am relaxed now, 
but the body is not agreeing. And that's why there is so much ex diseases which are on the rise, psychosomatic diseases, stress-related diseases, you see. So I think it is not only for others, it's also very important for our health and vitality uh, the, to learn how to access peace and to build peace. Yeah. You know, so I think it's a, it's a very appropriate title that you have. And uh, I personally think it's one of the greatest gifts we can offer to ourselves, peace. You know, we need to have an intelligent approach to it. For peace is synonymous with joy. Peace is synonymous with intelligence, you know. Peace is uh, synonymous with health. Mm -hmm. So, and being in an environment where you are focusing on it, learning uh, fundamental tools and practices for it, you know, and having intelligent community time together, exploring these uh, principles is uh, crucial, you know. And especially if we are in a shared group together with a shared intention, that power is uh, incredible that what we can do when we come together with a shared intention we have a very power a lot of power is uh, within a species like that you know if we can come together with a shared intention we can experience much greater depth mm. and angie you started touching on that but but i'd like to talk just a little bit more about it um the power of actually having this experience in india uh, at the Sattva Center, where we do have uh, that community, that energy, that intention. So, yeah, some, a lot of people ask me, this, this sounds wonderful, but why do I need to travel so far to this very distant land, um, perhaps land that may be very strange to some people? Uh, so can you speak on that, on the, on the specialty of what makes this experience so special in India at the Sattva Center? I think it's, uh, first of all, it is not so distant. You know, it was distant maybe in the times of Columbus. <laughs> you know, we are, uh, it's not so distant anymore. Right. We, the world is becoming smaller by the day, you know. Uh, Environment plays a huge role, and I think if we are interested in uh, experience of peace, it is very, very helpful for us to step out of the bubble we are living in. You know, whether that bubble is Brazil, uh, that's Sweden, uh, Canada, Australia, America, wherever that bubble is, you know, it's helpful for us to step out of the narrative of our life, you know, give ourselves that gift to step out and to be in um, the unknown, the unfamiliar. You know, and just even the whole journey of here, it becomes a pilgrimage, you know, pilgrimage to your own self, just the journey. Yes, uh, you know, even though it's close, but yes, it's quite far. And if you just, in a comparative knowledge, it is far. Yes, in comparative distances, it's quite far. So it's just even the act of getting here, it becomes a pilgrimage, you know, uh, an act of courage within yourself to trust in yourself and to reach a state of greater possibility. And you know, so the, so the specifically Rishikesh, which is really the yoga capital of the world, this part of the lower Himalayas is from where these profound teachings of peace, you know, uh, mindfulness and arose, you know, and the teachings of Buddha and Lao Tzu and Patanjali and all these great masters resonate through these lower Himalayas, you know, Patmasambhava, so many. So. I think it's when you are in that environment, it's, you know, you can sense it. 
thousands of people from all over the world come and uh, their intention to come to Satwa Center is fundamentally for that. So there is a field that is created, a collective vibratory field, you know. So that supports our own personal intention is supported by the collective intention of countless other individuals who are genuinely uh, working towards a similar experience, you know. And we find a greater community in the world, find, you know, that there are so many, it gives us great hope for the world to see so many amazing individuals coming together from different parts of the world and to really see that, wow, there are just some really uh, magnificent beings who are doing great work. So it allows us. And, you know, the Sattva Center is designed for that. And the lower Himalayas is they're filled with this, infused with this vibration and this energy. And it's an ancient land, you know, we, it's not the social... Uh, economic, you know, polit socio-political entity called India. We are speaking of here. The journey that you are taking is is to the spiritual heartland. It's not just to the, you know, there is a political, geopolitical. We are not talking to that. We are talking about in India, which is the spiritual heritage of humanity, and uh, this body of knowledge originated, uh, you know, around Sattva Center where we are. So when you are in that, you have access much more immediate access to that knowledge, you know, to that uh, intelligence, and there is less interference, and you have great support, and the nature is beautiful, and, and it's very comfortable too. I mean, it's not, you know, we have been there so many times, so it's not, it's not really harsh on you. It's very pleasing to the senses and soft on the senses as well, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, I'm amazed as how big transformations happen there for people from all over the world, you know, mm -hmm. where people from all over the world coming. So it's, it's, it's quite magnificent how the transformation takes place. And November is just a beautiful day. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful time and one of the best weather there is. And there's a great community of people. And, uh, so it's a, it's a lot of joyous time too. It's, you know, it's very sincere and very, we're doing a lot of deep work, but there's a lot of joy and uh, having a good time as well, you know. Mm -hmm. I know, Anandri, I've traveled so many times to, to India and every time it's been just a, an incredible experience, an experience that has transformed me, that has challenged me, that has just really took me beyond another layer of a story. And I'm yeah. so, so excited to you know, coming again uh, you know, in June and then in November, uh, and joining you and, and, and just going deeper, just going deeper. Uh, and I think that's the invitation that I would like to extend to folks listening to, 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 to this program, uh, you know, to go deeper, to finally let go of our BS and go deeper. And I cannot think of a better place to do it than in the Himalayas. And I cannot think of a better guide, uh, than you. Uh, and I'm so, so grateful to you for being my guide and my teacher uh, over these years. I'm very grateful to you, Henry. You are a worthy recipient. You know, my master, my teacher always said that the teacher is only as good as the student. So, you know, I'm nothing more than a reflection of you. And I bow to you, to your sincerity and to your, I truly admire the work you're doing and the, uh, the courage that it requires to do. You know, more and more, it is needed so much in our world. A totally different approach to to conflict. We need intelligent people like yourself who are so who have worked hard, who have educated themselves. Not you know, you, you know, you had the law degree and 
you were practicing law and this requires it was a very courageous step that you are doing and it is a, you're a pioneer in this you know one of the group of pioneers for doing this you know innovators and any movement requires innovators you know and then early adapters and then we need early elite early majority and then late majority so this approach to conflict that you and some of your colleagues are taking this is a you know you're still in at the innovating stage the innovators requires a lot of courage and they're you know stepping into the greater unknown mm. so uh, i think the i truly admire your work and i think it's very much needed in our society in the world to have a different approach to conflict and and uh, because we as a species as i said before cannot avoid it mm. so we need a different approach for it and uh, we need uh, insert you know individuals who can resolve it and transform it in a manner instead of just institutions and systems put in place to feed this perpetuation of conflict you know turning conflict into violence and uh, toxicity what we have currently is systems place to not resolve transform conflict but to create a battle and see you know one party win and the other lose so it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's still very primitive our approach to conflict i'm sorry but it's very primitive Mm-hmm. so what you are bringing is 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 much more evolved approach so you know and your knowledge your experience and the you know the work that you're doing and the and which will you keep doing is i think very very important for us so i thank you for that and anybody listening i think uh, you know they will greatly benefit from being with you in any way shape or form you know i've i've seen your work first hand so uh, in your lectures i've seen and your approach with working with individuals i've seen it's it's uh, truly 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 impressive and of a great value so i thank you thank you ananji thank you mm. so grateful to you thank you thank you namaste namaste